the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We as a church family have been studying through the Gospel of John, written by the aging and wise apostle John late in his life. It was written decades after the other Gospels, and it contains information uh, that we don't find in the other Gospels. Makes you want to ask, what did John know that the others didn't? Well, probably not a lot. He just had a different perspective and shared that in his book, The Book of John, which we are going to continue to study verse by verse with our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and you can find out more about them on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, and starting a new message in this series, here's Pastor Leighton. Now today we find ourselves resuming our study of the Gospel of John in chapter 12. In chapter 11, we find the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And we noted that that marked the end of Jesus' public ministry, and it was the beginning of the religious leaders' earnest endeavors to take his life. Now, even though our focus today is on chapter 12, let's begin reading in chapter 11, verse 53, in order to refresh our memory as to the setting and the context. So from that day on, they, the religious leaders, made plans to put him, Jesus, to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with his disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, in fact that very night, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. And when the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now, for the, leader of the leaders of the Jews, things were getting into a really 
precarious situation. Now, first, from a political point of view, the Sadducees were the wealthy aristocrats who corroborated with the Roman government. And uh, the Romans allowed, in the kingdoms that they occupied, a, a large amount of freedom. Basically, under a Roman governor, they allowed the occupied lands to govern themselves. But at the slightest outbreak of civil disorder, Rome's hard hand came down heavily. And those who were responsible for maintaining orderly government were summarily dismissed. The Sadducees were, were determined to get rid of Jesus because the people were attracted to him and there was a possibility of an uprising. And then second, it was also theologically intolerable because the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And here is Lazarus walking around who was dead, who is now alive. And it undermined their credibility, their influence, their teaching, and they were watching it all slip away beneath their feet. And so they proposed to destroy the evidence by doing away with Lazarus. Now, Caiaphas had said just a little while earlier, it is better for you that one man die. But one was not enough. Now there were two. And over the centuries, there have been millions of believers who have died for their faith. In the March 1990 issue of Christianity Today, they reported that between the years 1900 and 1990, an average of 300,000 believers have been martyred every year. That's almost a thousand martyrs every day for 90 years. Yet where the church is persecuted, it is also very powerful. When you go home tonight and you're laying yourself down in bed, be reminded of the brothers and sisters who've left grieving family and friends. And be reminded that someday the grieving is going to end. Now, in the next section, which is often described as the triumphal entry, Jesus officially presents himself as the Messiah and the Son of God. And by so doing, he sets in motion a chain of events that lead to his death at the exact time that was foreordained by God. John highlighted Jesus' fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies throughout this account. Now, the narrative of the triumphal entry is found in all four Gospels. We find information in John's Gospel that is not found elsewhere. We find, for instance, that he dates the incident on Sunday preceding the Passover. He mentions the palm branches, which are not mentioned specifically in the other synoptic Gospels. He mentions the raising of Lazarus and that's connection with the series of events. He also mentions the fact that the disciples did not understand what was taking place. The passage begins with the word, the next day, in verse 12, 12, 12. Now, during the night, Judas had met with the chief priests and agreed to betray Jesus to them. But Jesus was not at the mercy of their plots, their plans, and their timetables. He was in complete control of the situation. And the divinely appointed time for him to die had come. And he would do so as spelled out 
in Old Testament prophecy. Now, the Jewish religious leaders were fearful of the volatile crowds that were coming to Jerusalem. The crowds were immense. According to some estimates, it was between one and and two and a half million people, or even more, crowding into that small city. And they knew how popular Jesus was. And so they intended to arrest him and keep him quiet and separated from the festivities and then eliminate him after everybody had gone home. But Jesus was the Passover lamb of God. And a Passover lamb had to be slain on Passover. And so Jesus chose to publicly enter Jerusalem in such a fashion as to force the issue of his death. He knew that all of the attention and noise of the crowds would infuriate the jealous religious leaders and make them all the more desperate to kill him. And so God would use the foolishness and the wickedness of evil men to accomplish his own purposes. Now, the exact day that Jesus chose to enter Jerusalem fulfilled one of the most remarkable prophecies of the Old Testament. It's found in Daniel chapter 9. If you'd like to keep your finger in John chapter 12 and find Daniel chapter 9, it's Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks or the 69 weeks. It begins in verse 24 of Daniel chapter 9. It reads, Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. Would you look at the prophecy? It says to put an end to sin. Now the scriptures tell us that Jesus died for our sin. Isaiah said it is our sin that separates us from God. When Jesus died, there was an earthquake and the thick curtain that separated God's people from God's holy of holies was ripped from top to bottom. Jesus put an end to the sin that separated people from God. Now, how did he do this? By atoning for iniquity. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says... Concerning atonement, in Christian thought, the act by which God and man are brought together in personal relationship. It presupposes a separation or alienation that needs to be overcome if human beings are to know God and have fellowship with Him. As a term expressing relationship, atonement is closely tied with such terms as reconciliation and forgiveness. Erdman's Dictionary of the Bible says atonement is described in the Hebrew religion as sacrifice, substitution, mediation, and judgment. For instance, the consecration of priests required a sacrifice of a bull as a sin offering for atonement. Exodus chapter 29. And on the day of atonement, a goat was slain. Leviticus 16. Hence, atonement necessitated the death of a victim. Jesus Christ died as a sacrifice who took our judgment upon himself and he mediated a new relationship between man and God. And then it says to bring in everlasting righteousness. 
And the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 3, But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And then it says to seal, or to confirm by affixing a seal, both vision and prophet, to validate that both are from God. How do we know that both are from God? Well, we'll have to wait until tomorrow for the answer to that question. I hope you can join us when we come back at this same time with another edition of Study Verse by Verse. Some of you may have noticed that we have gone back a bit in the book of John to catch up to where we were last week. Now, if you've missed any of these messages, you'll find them all on the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. There's a messages link there on the homepage. And when you go there, make sure you let us know that you uh, are a listener to this broadcast. That would be a great encouragement to us. And of course, we are a nonprofit outreach supported in part by the church, but also by you, the listener. Thank you for your encouragement, both through your giving and your prayers. I'm Mike Trout. Come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. This broadcast is paid for in part by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.